Viewer discretion is advised. You're a muppet. You know, you're a muppet. You, you know these things are wrong, but because somebody told you, hey, you just go in there and just get as much people vaccine as possible. Mandate. Hey, welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing's off the table. Tonight's guest, um, uh, originally from Mangere 275 or Mangele, and Tamaki Makuru, but now resides in um, Flatbush. The man is a, an entrepreneur, but also an established businessman. And the great thing about this man is that he is not afraid to speak his mind. He, at most times, he goes against the grain, um, but it really stands on his conviction and really bold in, in terms of what he has to share and say and to share his truth. And so please put your hands together for the pragmatic Dom Leilua. Oh man, my love also. Hey, uh, for those who don't know, I've been trying to hound this guy. I've been trying to get him on on the podcast for for a while now. And so, Dom, thank you so so much for coming on the podcast. Also, yeah. uh, really appreciate it. I know you. I know you're a busy man. I know you're a businessman as well, and very entrepreneurial. Uh, but also, for those who don't know who you are, also if you can just give us a little bit of a, a glimpse of who you are and, and what you what you stand for, what you're all about. What I stand for, Dom <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lua, um, born and raised in Mangareest. Went to De La Salle. I said Jason Soto Who and De La Salle and, and yeah, now just hanging out in South Auckland. Mean, mean. Hey, because uh, the thing is, um, Dom, I know on Facebook, and I think we just go straight into it. It was on Facebook, and I know a lot of people kind of um, in terms of your opinions and, and all that. And you, know, you are, you're not afraid to, to speak your truth, you're not afraid to kind of share what's on your mind, and you don't back, uh, you don't shy away from um, all those comments or negative comments that come your way. And so, a lot of the things. What What are your in terms of political views and all those things? What What are some of the things that you can share as to why people are like, hey, who's this guy? Why does he say all this stuff? Uh, I guess when you say things different, and uh, <clears throat> and you don't follow, you don't, you're not part of the sheep, and you just say things, but you they forget that it's just opinion. Like it's my own opinion, and it's how I think, and I think everyone should be. Doing the same thing, expressing what they think in their own head. Like, you have no right to tell me how I think, and I can't tell you how you think. And because I follow the law of attraction, it's just you and the universe, and there is nothing, there is no wrong in the law of attraction. And political views, well, yeah. <laughs> Where do you start? I lost a lot of friends on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Um, Lots of friends on Facebook. I'm not worried because a lot of them I grew up with. We did a lot of things when we were young. Um, we stole things together, three guys, and all of a sudden I'm the bad guy, I'm the enemy because I said something about the uh, prime minister and some things about the systems that are that are not quite right. Um, but like any Polynesian, you know, we're just told to go. Oh yeah, sweet, sorry, yes, sir, no, sir. You, know, you tell me what to do, I'll do it. I won't question. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess we can touch on the system, Dom, because and also, also, what are your thoughts before we get into the system? What are your thoughts in terms of some of our men, or more specific in Maori men, in terms of having the guts to kind of share their their truth or their views? What, what do you think? Do you think we're too afraid now or too PC now? Uh, we're too PC. We've always been afraid because even though Polynesian men were strong and you know quite violent, we actually. We don't sit up there with our women, like our mums and the women in our families. They're the glue. They hold everything together. Like our men, like our job is to go out and just work. The mum takes care of the home. Kids are fed. Uh, the dinners are made. 
your clothes are washed, you know. And I think that's why men don't really open up as much. And put it through to religion as well. There's religion like, uh, as you know, in Gen- I think Genesis, when, uh, you know, God created Adam and Eve and, and Eve ate the fruit and... Um, you know, Adam. The part of the punishment was Adam was to just go in and work. Like that's your punishment. You work and you try and sow the seeds in the field, but you'll have you know there's no water. It was pretty much for you to struggle. And for the woman, it was pretty much okay. Well, you're gonna have nine months of labour and painful and that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> <laughs> sounded pretty cool. Right? <laughs> sounded, sounded good. <laughs> well, I know I'm gonna come back to it again. Yeah, we'll come back to planting the seed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about, um, because you're right, some of this doesn't come naturally for us, and I wonder, in your mind, um, where did that aspect of going against the grain or standing, being okay with standing back and looking at things and actually being like, hey, actually, no, that's not right. Where, where did that come from for you? Because uh, I'm a Mangri boy, a Mangri East boy, so I grew up, uh, I love labour. Only because mum and dad said, you vote Labour. And David Longy and he lived up the road. But we never understood the policies or anything or any of the laws. It was just like, that's who we're going to vote. So we grew up. And uh, it wasn't really until I got into business, I started to learn about business, that Labour wasn't really good for us, for the economy and small businesses. So then I kind of thought, hold on, I'm just going to say something. Yeah. And then I put it out there. And I just got attacked. And one of the ministers was actually on my Facebook page. And she had a go at me and then blocked me. Didn't even give me a chance to respond. But So that's where my view came. I just saw it on the business side. The business side of, of life. Rather than following someone else's judgment on or someone else's reason. What, what, what did you say? Um, yeah, I was just about to yeah, ask. What yeah. did you say on? Oh, I had to go at the Prime Minister. Um, was it, well, it actually wasn't even me. It was my mate. He said something and I just laughed. But we were talking about the pandemic and all that and and how we were forced to do things that we shouldn't be forced to do, like take um, take these vaccines and stuff. Like I know that you're not supposed to talk about it, but I don't give a shit. But <laughs> like these things uh no one even knows what they what they are to start off with. Um, there was no not enough time for results and and nobody even knew what was in it. And everyone's like, Oh, you know, but you don't even know what's in KFC. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> been around for years. This shit just started, and you know they're just pumping us with it. And yeah, this is so stupid. And just uh, just the way how they went about it, and just shutting us down, like shutting like. So small business. I got a lot of customers that are small business too, and I've just watched them shut down. And these guys have been in business fifteen, twenty years, and they're family businesses. They're not big corporations where the government can come and bail you bail you out. You know. These are hard-working people with their own money, you know. So I was coming from that side, like, shit, I'm sitting here, so I'm going to try and speak up for these guys. But I was getting attacked by guys that work for big corporations. You know, they give me shit, and I was like, oh, fuck you, man. You know, you're lucky, you, you still get paid. And if anything happens, the government's going to bail you out. They're not going to bail us out. So that's, that was just where I was coming from. Wow. Jeez. And so you got a lot of, so what? You got a lot of um, old school mates who kind of like, hey man, they disagree with what you had to sh- share, um, Dom, and just. Yeah, well, some of them did, but I can understand where they were coming from because they, 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 that's their job. 
that's their money, how they feed their family, and so like, I'm more good for that, you know. Any, anyone that provides for their family, I'll support you 100%. And so I took the shit, but at the same time, that's only one part. Like, in the background, we're still all best mates, like, we still catch up and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's the cool thing about it, Dom. I think, you know, we may have different, um, share different opinions and may agree to disagree, but I think some people take it to the, I think some people take it to, to heart and then they kind of roll cutthroat in some of their, their comments, um, yeah. um, Dom. And so I think like what you're saying, hey, we can agree to disagree, but there's some, some comments. How do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts in terms of some of these, these people who, who comment online and, and it can be raw, they ridicule you and all that kind of stuff? Why do you think it's mostly our people? Because that's what they believe in. And I can't, I can't judge them for that. You know, that's, that's their upbringing, that's their mindset. You know, there's nothing I can say that can change it, and I have no right to, you know. That's how they were raised. So in their eyes, they're right. You know, and I'm not one to stand and go, no, you're not. You know, I'm not a school teacher at school. You're going, wrong, wrong, you know. But you just got to be fair. Like, I have my opinion. People come with theirs, I'll just go, oh, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not in for the arguments, no. you know. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, there's been a lot of, there's been people who have um, talked about um, the state of, like, conditioning and the, the way that, um, uh, prior to COVID, you know, the system or the way of life that things have been like um, had conditioned us to be a certain way. And part of that conditioning is not speaking up. Um, it's, it's not having a voice. It's sort of following the status quo. Um, what are your thoughts on, on on sort of the influence of the system or perhaps the influence of the intergenerational thing where it's like our parents and our grandparents who have followed a certain path conditioning us to also do the same? Well, our parents come here in the 60s. Uh, they couldn't speak English, they they were just grateful and appreciate what they were given, the opportunity they were given. So they came here and they were just, you know, bum up, head down, yes, okay, sweet, I'll do this, I'll do that. But that's that was them, that was that time. And so they just kind of followed on. But for us now, they brought us here for a reason, to get educated so, and to stand up for ourselves. So now we're like, hey man, no, you know, no, I'm not going to do that, no, you're not right. And then people take offence, they say, hey, be humble, calm down, you know. Just be grateful. Yeah, I am grateful, but I'm also a fucking human, you know. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, yeah. i got rights and i got things to do, I've got kids to feed, you know. But, yeah, it's just a, it's just a way of life and upbringing. Just, we're just taught, our parents are taught, everyone's just taught, just shut up. Do what you're told. You go to work, your supervisor, hey, you wake up here, sweet. No questions. Asked. That's why they love us. They love Pacific people. We don't question. So we're like lab rats for them. They just go, do this, yeah, sweet. Oh, cool. And I think it's quite sad. They take advantage of it. And it's not just factories and stuff. It's sports. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's cool. Um, because you know what? Um, it's, it's interesting, Dom, and you, a lot of the, the guests have come on and we talk about humility and, and being grateful and all that kind of stuff. And like you're saying, you know, yes, sir, thank you all that kind of stuff. And I know you said it's just how we've been raised. What, yeah, what are, you, what, why, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how do we change that kind of mentality or mindset? You just speak your mind. Like, <clears throat> a lot of times, things are not right. Okay, let's just take a right, like, take a right back. So, in the 80s and 90s, families, 
had this thing where it happened everywhere, and I'd probably get shit for it, but I didn't care. You know, things happen within the family. Like the uncle would come and you know, play around with the niece at night time, or play with the nephew. And and if the niece or nephew spoke up, the niece and nephew are the guilty ones. You know, so they went from victim to guilty. So that puts them into a real shit mental health, mental, you know, mental state. And what do you do? The whole time your parents go, you're an embarrassment to the family, you try to embarrass us. And they're like, fuck, hold on. The, the kid's the victim. Now this kid's got to grow up, you know, and he grows up and he's fucked in the head. And then we wonder why we have a high suicide rate, you know. But people don't talk about it because you're not supposed to talk about it. It's, uh, we just don't like to be shamed or embarrassed. You know? Jeez. I said it a few times on Facebook. Um, not many people will like it or anything. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be honest and just say things, like put it out there in the open. Like, so many kids growing up in uh, probably 70s, 80s, 90s, without a voice, you know. And they're normally the ones that end up being like your family mate or your, your family slave. Oh, do the cooking, do the dishes, you know. That kid's probably like 36 years old and still at home doing all the all the jobs. Because you know, they, what do they do? They can't go out. They don't know how to express their feelings or they don't know how to react to a man or, you know, they're just closed. And I think it's quite bad. I think people should talk about it and like, or get it out there. Yeah. And you're, the, you're one of the very few. Oh, I don't know. There could, there could be other people who want to talk about it. And you're right, you're right, Dom. I think it needs to be discussed and, and have a conversation around it. Even what you just shared, you know, the, the mentality of, of, of our people. And so I, I guess we can dwell on the, like, oh, on the negative state of, of our mindset. But how, what are your thoughts in terms of how do we flip the script, um, Dom? How do we, do we just kind of, just like what you're doing, do we just get up and say, hey, we need to talk about this? Or do we just, is there another avenue? What are, what are your thoughts? I think the <clears throat> the problem with anything is when you got to try and help someone, you try and go, oh, okay, how did it all start? But no one gives a shit how it starts. It's like, hey, that's how do we get from here now? How do we move forward? The problem is when you tell them how it started, it just brings up more shit. And that's where <laughs> the person has a communication breakdown. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I think that's the problem with our people. Like, who cares how it started? It's done. And let's just, how do we, what are we doing now? And I think that's a lot better for, you know, for these guys. Mm. Is what do we do now and how do we get a fix moving forward? Man, it's such a different <clears throat> different perspective to um, looking at, at trauma and, and carving a way forward. Um, I've always sort of been told the opposite of sort of what you're saying about like where did it all start and you know having to go through counselling they always want to know about the, you know they bring up the childhood and they pretty much ask you to put your life out and so they can dissect it and find sort of root causes but I can see um, how effective it would be to just look at to state the facts sometimes even just address, acknowledging it and, and stating it out in the open, putting it to word, to mouth, um, can be a great step forward. So I can kind of see how just addressing it as it is and finding a way forward um, can be the most effective way. Yeah, that, no, that's really interesting. I'm curious about how that um, might correlate, and Pete, you might be able to jump in here, how that might correlate with sort of the youth, you mentioned sort of youth suicide, especially among our peoples, among the highest um, in the world. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know if there's a correlation between those things and the way we address trauma and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't think they've done enough to address it. Mm. The government's just got to pump in money. Are you pumping money in anything? Like, how many foundations and groups and Christian groups out there that are getting all the funding and the results every year are still the same, still all the highest every year, you know, and we're still burying our loved ones? <clears throat> Nothing's been done. Like, when someone does try to do something, like I see Mike King, like his name probably comes up all the time. I see him try and do something. He can't even get funding. And yet he has something that works. I see John Kerr and he's got the app. I think it's called Groove. And I was watching him on, one day I watched him on another podcast in Australia. And he's got this app. So I just went, oh yeah, have a look at this app. I downloaded the app and went on. And every day he sends me messages. Like, how you doing? So, you know, message someone, something nice. Like, smile. Just all these little things. Like, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what the government does. Maybe they do a lot, but... You know, all they say is, you know, we we put millions here. Like, we're, like, everything's results. Like, no matter what you do in life, everything's always results. Like, no one cares how you get there. They just want to see your results. Like, you know, you say in Bolt, right? No one cares how he trains or how long does he train or what time he gets up. They just give a shit about where he finishes after 100 metres. You know, he trains hours and hours and hours just to run 10 seconds and, you know, that's it. Results. <laughs> Do you think that's part of the part of the issue? Then is because we only care about the results. We don't care how we get there. Maybe that causes more problems. That yeah. oh, that's the problem. There are no results. Mm. Everything's still the same. Every year, how many how many years in a row we've been topping the youth suicide? And how many years do we talk about it? How many governments before they come in in election time talk about it? And then once they get in, they just throw it in the back, along with healthcare and all that shit. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. Um, Dom, in terms of outcomes, it's a, yeah, the real focus on outcomes, outcomes, outcomes. Regardless of how you get it, we just need to tick those boxes and get those out- outcomes. And so, and just going back to what you were talking about, to, to the in terms of government and the system. And I, I can understand, and I think you agree as well. Do you think that the system is, is just broken? It's just in terms of helping our people or people in general. What are, what are your thoughts on, on the system? I think the system's broken. I don't think it's ever worked. But it's a good thing just to throw out there for people. It's like a little carrot. Yeah, we'll do this for Pacific Island. We'll get a Pacific Island hospital. We'll get a Pacific Island group for, you know, they just dangle carrots. There's no results, nothing. And then you get all these uh, Pacific Island politicians that come in, you know, well, they're all clowns. You know, they do nothing. <laughs> I just call them messengers. Like, they got all the dreams and all the good shit in the world until they get up there. You know, they go, I'm a voice for the people. I'm a voice for South Auckland. And when they get there, they're, they're no longer a voice. They're just a messenger. They come and go, hey, you go to South Auckland, you tell them this. Make sure you get it done. Okay. So they come down. And I think you had another guy on here talking about uh, a Labour MP in Mingri. A lot of the churchgoers didn't know about um, something they signed off on to do of abortion. But that minister or whatever he is, he should have stood up for the people. Say, fuck, that's not right. Like, I know myself it's not right, you know. But he's just, they're just messengers. That's, I just call them messengers. They, they play no part. 
and to think that we have a voice, we don't have a voice. Jeez. Those guys that ram rate, those kids, they have more of a voice. Look at them, making the goddamn news every week. Well, man. <laughs> so if we want to get a message across, we're going to ram rate a bloody Gucci store. Find your voice at the store near you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Because you, you bring up an interesting point, Tom, in terms of our Pacific um, politicians. Why is it? Why, why is it? Have they? They've become messengers, and and you're right. I think they go in there intentionally with some good intentions. Let's do this for our people, for our Pacific and uh, Maori people. But why? What? What? What's the change? What? What happens to? to do they become a, a cog in the, in the machine? Or no? To be honest, like, like good on them. Like I'm super proud of them for even making it there, getting there. You know, like they work hard, and I believe they have all the intentions and their goal. On that journey, there's a goal that we all want, you know. But the problem is when you get to the, when you get there, those people above you have a, their own goal. And what do you do? Like, you, you can't do anything. They just put in a place, oh, okay, all right, yeah, buy your time, buy your time. Yeah, three more years and, you know, we'll get you there, but for now you just go. Well, that's what I think. That's my own opinion. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying they're all clowns, but... You know, a lot of respect for them for getting to where they are. It's a pretty hard thing, but at least uh, yeah, stay on your ground. Like, to say no, say, fuck off, I'm not going to say that. Mm. You know, I want to say that, I want, you know, the Christians out there don't want that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man, I think there's a good, and yet, like, you bring up the church as well and Christianity and religion. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think, we, you know, in the past we've had some, some interesting conversations, um, Dom, uh, in terms of religion. So um, maybe this would be a good forum to, for you to kind of share some of your thoughts in terms of uh, the. Obviously, we touched based on the political views, but some of the religious views. What What are your thoughts? Religion. I'm born and raised Catholic. I'm Saint Therese boy, Mingri. Um, I still have a lot of love and respect for my Catholic family, you know. But just along my own journey, like this is just me, my own journey. Yeah, I found that uh, it did nothing for me. You know, in terms of where I wanted to be. So to get to where I am now, I had to kind of cut off the church and I had to kind of cut off the uh, the Samoa stuff. Like I just had to, I just had to go with a clear mind with no restrictions and no conditions, just be one-on-one kind of thing, you know. And I found it to be really helpful. Like I, um, church, I believe in a higher power. Like, I believe in a God. Um, I don't kind of look at churches and religion as a way to go because I think they restrict you too much. Like, they always say, you know, God is love, you know, church is love. But each religion has, okay, well, you can have love, but on certain conditions. You can't do this, you can't do that. You know, and, um, yeah, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in being restricted. Like, um, a lot of our people are restricted in there's so much potential for our people to be way better, to be right up there. You know? Everyone could be successful. Everyone can be somebody. But there's too many restrictions, you know. It's quite sad to see, but I don't, the one thing I do give churches, they do give people hope. Like, um, when you can say, oh, I don't like God, I don't like church, fucking full of shit, and then you get sick, the first thing you do is you, Sign the cross and say a prayer. <laughs> you know? 
it's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, you, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. It just makes me think about how um, religion and culture sometimes can be viewed similarly in terms of, I mean, some people might say that the values of culture and religion and question their place in mainstream society today. And um, you sort of touched on having to put off some of those things to be able to find who you are today and, and sort of find your success today. And I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on the place of culture and religion um, and finding the answers for some of the issues that we're facing today. Well, the problem is everyone only knows culture and religion is they all started on day one. Like we all know religion. But no one knows before religion, before the missionaries came. And that's something they hide away and they show away and then all of a sudden they say, oh, it's evil. It's, you know, it's not good. But it's something that we did for thousands of years before these guys came, you know. And it's just like, uh, I think Ed also was talking the other week about um, how they talk about land wars and, you know, married culture, who are the first ones in New Zealand. They just talk about when they had the war. But no one knows what happens before that. I think that's the problem. Not enough people are talking about our culture and history before the missionaries came for us to understand it. And I think it, I think I read somewhere, if you look into it, there was no evil, there was no hell. And women had a higher place in, you know, in our people. And then when the Westerners came and the missionaries came in, they kind of uh, flipped it, you know. No, that's cool, um, Dom. I think that's cool in terms of you talk about religion and culture. Um, but I, I can also assume that because you, you've you come from a staunch Catholic background and family and you were saying, oh, I just had to say goodbye to the Fatsa Moa and religion and so forth. How was it for you, for your, your Ainga and your family to kind of like, hey, what's up with this? This is quite radical for someone to just kind of, hey, I'm out of here, man. I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want any part of this for right now. I didn't disrespect them. Yeah. When I went home and dad said, shh, come in and say the rosary like the candle. I lit the candle and said the rosary. I respect my dad, you know. Whatever beliefs I have, those are my beliefs. Like I'm not, I wasn't there to fight anyone or, or throw it on you and say, hey, you bastard. No, I wasn't about that. It was, I respect everybody. Like, if you come to me and you're full on all about God or anything, I'll talk to you. I wasn't into fighting with people. I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't see why we had to argue. Like, if you believe it's right, then you're right. If I believe I'm right, I'm right. We just talk. That's it. But there's so many people just want to argue and force their message upon you. And, you know, I don't think that's right. Like, I think you should just, everyone should respect everybody. At the end, we're just all spirits. Eh? Like, we're all just spirits. Like, um, yeah, we're in a body. I'd say um, I'm brown, I'm black, and I'm Samoan. But we're all just spirits, you know. We all think different. We all have our own ways of doing things, but we shouldn't be judging anybody. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, that's cool. Because it seems like you do, you do a lot of research, um, Dom, in terms of... <laughs> uh, it's cool. I think, you, I think it's cool. I think a lot of men... Uh, we need to kind of test um, things and, and like empirically test hey, this is what's been taught is this true for, for us and it seems like you do a lot of research and background research in terms of all this stuff and so what kind of things like in terms of if it's not religion what are some of the things that you kind of gauge and learnt from your experiences and things that are out there that you oh man I can take this 
I can take that or I eliminate this. Eliminate that. What, what's some of the research have you have gone undergone? Um, you kind of look at the bigger picture in life. Like church is one part, home, business, and all that. But if you step right back and look, it's just one big picture. Everything's connected. Like nothing's on its own. I probably get shit for this, but it all comes. Everything comes back to money. Like money. So if you don't understand money or how it works or where it's going, then you probably just won't understand how everything's all connected. I know I'm supposed to go on, but I'm just saying, oh fuck, here we go. No, no, you get elaborate, elaborate, dog. You know. So you look at religion. If I was to say like religion is no different than McDonald's, like McDonald's, they make money off their their burgers, they make it off their properties. Right? If you look everywhere you go on the main road, there's a McDonald's, Kentucky, prime real estate, and the church has got good real estate, big piece of land all over the world. They're all just businesses. They depends on how you look at it. They're just businesses. Like I know my church. <laughs> I don't want to say it it comes up in the algorithms of uh, my church. Uh, they got billions of dollars of property all over the world. And yet we still have homeless and poverty and kids in Africa who can't eat and people in India can't eat. Or anyway, you know. I thought, how the hell have we got all this money, all, all, this, uh, all these assets? And we can't even do the one thing that all these churches uh, say they do. And when you look at it, like, like you got to understand money. Like, if you understand money, you, you look at everything different. I'm not saying money's everything, but it sure helps you understand shit. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, yeah. no, no, that's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Dad, do you think, does that also apply to, you know, there's new, like, cryptocurrency and, and all that sort of stuff? Like, the same would apply to that as well? Uh, pretty much. Like, see, crypto, I, I like cryptocurrency. Um, I like the blockchain because you can't hide anything. Like everything's transparent, everything's put in a block, the transaction's there, locked in, and then a chain, a new block. So every time you buy and sell uh, crypto, it's registered from the day that it was minted right to today. And you can't reverse it, that's the only problem. Where's the banks now? they got money and they're just hiding money everywhere. Money laundering, everything they say bad about crypto, the banks have done it already. And they're doing it, and... If you think of the banks, like, what's their number one product? Money. Houses. Oh. You can't buy a house without the bank. That's their product. They, they, they do houses. So when you come in, say you come in, hey, I want to buy a house. That's sweet. How much is the house you want to buy? 600 grand. Oh, sweet, I'll just print it out of nowhere. Because they just print your money. Like, they give you 600 grand, they say you got 30 years. Here's your interest rate. Your payback after 30 years will probably be, say, 1.3 or 1.2 mil. And then what they do is they just get that contract they just gave you and they sell it to somebody else. They get their money and they just go again. Like you're paying for something that doesn't exist. So if you look at... <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but if you no, look no, at the, good, good the Reserve involved. Bank and that they, they printed probably about 40 to 50% of the world's... Um, total currency in the last two years yeah, yeah so if they had, if we only had one trillion dollars up till 2019 well we probably got about three trillion dollars now 
that's how fast they're printing. They're just printing. Because you remember when we were locked down, everyone's economies went to shit because everyone was told to stay home. So they wanted the bank, uh, the government to. I was going to borrow. So they borrowed millions and millions. Gave a little bit to the workers, 600 bucks. Full-time, 300 for puppet. This is money out of nowhere. Were they spending it right? Fuck, I don't know. But there's one, you know, and their messages along the way was, we need to control this, eliminate this COVID because our hospitals can't, um, was it? Hospitals can't... Um, like the capacity... Yeah, they can't take in, yeah. <clears throat> that was their one threat. But at no time in the two or three years did they ever get that, that say, like three billion and upgrade our hospitals. The hospitals still the same looking shit hospitals from the 90s. No, nothing's been upgraded. And you go, hey, that's the one threat you threw at us. Why aren't you, you know, fix it, upgrading the hospitals? If we can only do 30 beds, how come we can't do 120 now? There's enough money there. That's awesome. This man, you, you're educating us. I think educating a lot of the men who are probably listening to this. Like, oh, man. Uh, can, can, can we just go back to what you said with the money? Everything is about money. Money, Dom. Can you just explain why is that, uh, that everything comes back down to money? Everything's always about money. You can't do anything without money. Back in the day, you used to trade, you used to barter. Like I used to give you two chickens and you give me a pig. You know? But then someone goes, well, how do I know I'm giving you the right amount of chickens for that pig? That pig might be you know, worth more. So then some clown in China goes, oh, okay, sweet, I'll just make a little coin and you know, we'll start using coins. But then that coin, so like if it was a, a penny, it was a penny of gold because the coins were made out of gold or silver or bronze. And you had whatever you had on it, that's what, that was the worth in that metal. I mean, that gold or silver, right? But at some stage, um, the American president decided to take the the gold backing away from the dollar, and that's when everything turned to shit because everyone started. So if you had, so if our country had like a half a million dollars worth of gold, we had half a million dollars. That's all we could trade. And when they took this, the gold backing away from the fiat. Everyone just thought, okay, fuck it, let's just start printing money. You know, so the dollars you have in your hands, but nothing. It's all just faith. It's all faith. That's $10. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, how do you know? Well, because the paper says $10. But there's nothing to back it. You know, there's no more gold to back it. So that's the problem we're having now. So, like, when you look at inflation, we're at what, 6%. It's just a fucking tax. It's just another tax. Because they just keep printing. They don't care. Jeez. At that rate, though, eventually something has to give, yeah? Well, you're going to have a crash and you have a reset. Uh, there were countries years ago used to walk around with a wheelbarrow full of cash. You could only buy a loaf of bread with it. $3 million for bread because the money's worth nothing. Jeez. You, you know, when you have too much of something, it's cheap as fuck. You have something rare, it's expensive. So the question is, um, Dom, do you reckon, do you reckon the crash is going to be sometime this year, or what do you think? What's the outlook? What's I think the I think we're already heading towards a crash. Yeah. We were heading towards a crash in two thousand nineteen, because America, a lot of the shopping malls and shit, they were all closing down. Pandemic hit, and then smoke screens, eh? little smoke screens. Hey, let's do this and let's just hide it. Because <laughs> no, 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 yeah, bring it, bring it up, Dom. Because I, I think we called it to kind of touch it, but obviously, finances and, and money. 
But this whole thing of the pandemic and all that, how that kind of ties in with oh, it's just, you, your, your research and what, you, what you've kind of find, found out? I think the pandemic just frustrates everything. It means the economies, all the economies turn to shit. Uh, everyone's going to be in debt. Everyone's already in debt. Like, in three years, we happen to be, I don't know what the actual number is, like, but we're probably in like $20 billion worth of debt now. And guess who pays it back? Our fucking kids. That's tax money. Like every time the, the stupid idiots up there start borrowing money from the banks or the reserve or the Fed, whatever, that money has to be paid back. And that paid back through our taxes. So they every year they come up with some bullshit tax. Like I saw Goff come up with some carbon tax now he's trying to put on. They put on an 8% or 5% increase on the rates for five years, you know. And then you see the stupid uh, valuations come out, the, the government valuations on houses. Some houses went from 700000 to 1.2. Now you think, fuck, is that the actual valuation or is that an inflated valuation? Or is that just purely for our rates to go up so we can pay more rates every year? Like, people just got to, everything comes to money. You just got to, you got to learn money and how it works. Like, these guys fuck us around so much. And you, all those protesters, you see them talking about how our kids are going to be in strife, they're going to be in shit. You look at us now, like, the price of fuel, the supermarket prices are going through the roof. And we still got debt to pay. You know, and we're trying to look. So who's who's next in line to to pay all that shit? That's our kids. So do we want our kids to go through all that shit? Like, I don't. So I always talk shit. I always say stuff on Facebook. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> and everyone goes, Oh, you know, you just be grateful and these these things in process and you can go and talk to you I'll fucking talk to you I, I can see it firsthand. Wow. like I import I import from the business I'm in. I import and a 40 foot container used to cost me 5 grand American uh, 2018 to 19 2021 22 it's costing me 12 grand American yeah it's a fucking massive job that's a lot of money but then who gets hit with that with that the fucking customer I pass it on. Is that fair to them? Like, they still on minimum wage. Minimum wage still shit. Still under the living wage, you know. And you always think to yourself, how's this going to work? Like, how are we ever going to get ahead in this fucking country? You know, we're not getting paid much. Everything's going up. What do you do? And and these clowns are surprised they got ram rates. Of course, it's going to happen. There's going to be fucking riots and supermarkets getting robbed. Like, it's going to happen. They keep going the way they go. But it all comes down to money. You got to learn money, like how it works. Are there some ways or like some practical tips that you can think of that people can do to sort of help insulate themselves when a crash eventually happens? Um, like I don't know. Like if a crash happens, you lose anyway. Like some people are losing equity in their houses right now. You know, you, the money's turned to shit so bad, like. You could probably had about 10% equity in your house right now, or even 20% or 25%. Every time inflation happens or some shit happens, their equity just gets low enough. Fucking property's worth nothing. We saw 2008, same thing. Just crashed. Everyone walked away from their mortgages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. I can, I can imagine for a lot of us, Dom, I think, especially, you know, there's the dream, oh, I need to buy a house for my family, and especially for a lot of our men, like, um, 
pride in buying a, a home, their own home, or being own, uh, a homeowner. And so uh, just what you're sharing, it would be unwise for anyone to kind of try to invest in buying a home. Because what, 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 what do you think? Is, you, is, is that correct or is it people oh, should man, just... Like, anyone that buys a house are super proud of you. Like, awesome, awesome achievement. You know, but it's not them. They're not the problem. Um, it's the system. The system's the problem. Like I feel for everyone that bought a house because you know they're feeling it right now and they're talking about it right now. Um, pretty soon the interest rates are going to go up. You bought a house at two percent. Like I went to have a look at doing a house and it was two percent, and they said, "Oh no, we have to uh, value you at six percent." I said, "Why is that?" Oh, because it's going to go up. I was like, <laughs> okay. But they look, they're saying the interest rates will probably go up to about 7%. Now you imagine that, like, you got a home loan at 2%. No, it's 7%. And some people are talking about, you know, that's an extra 11 grand a year, or whatever it is. And you've got to feel for them, you know. It's like, and all they're doing is just trying to, they're just trying to own something, just trying to live a dream. It's just people just make it hard for them. Man, do you think some of the um, like there's that dream of owning a home, but do you think that's part of the issue is that everyone's being sold what the ideal dream should be, and that plays into how the system is run and being able to leverage all the people who have that dream of owning a home and all that sort of thing. Yeah, the system that we grew up on was you go to work every day and you just work hard and you buy a house. Just work. No one tells you to go and build something or own a business. They just had to go work. You know, go do sixty hours a week. I know people doing eighty hours a week. They're stressed as fuck. And who misses out? Their kids, their wives. You know. But we're just taught to work hard and just buy a house. That's it. That's the dream. Um, how you grow that from there, they won't tell you. Uh, how to use your money as a tool, they won't tell you. The schools don't tell you. That's the problem. They don't even teach you how to do GST or taxes. They just say to go work. You know, that's your job. You just work. And I think it's the areas we live in, like uh, South Auckland. Like I went to DLSL. I wasn't really good at school. I was actually shit at school. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think I went to go and learn anything. I just when I had my lunch, I hung out with a couple of Mary guys and talked shit, told lies to each other, and. Um, Said, oh, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the, the question getting changed? You... Jeez, now I'm blanking on the question. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> We're talking about homes. Oh, the system. Oh, homes, the yeah, system. homes, yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, just, we're just not taught to do anything. We're not taught to grow. We're not taught to be on the other side. You know, we're in South Auckland. We just, you know, all the big boys, all the big players bring all their big factories out here. You know, yeah, you guys go work in the factory, work hard, buy a house. You know. But we're not taught to do anything else. We're not taught to be entrepreneurs. We're not talk, taught anything about business. I, mean, I see guys now trying to teach um, financial literacy and all that, and financial security. I think security is a lot better, but money's a tool. And they don't teach you that it's a tool. That's the problem. And they don't teach you how to double it. They don't teach you how to tri uh, triple it. Now, if you're from... South Auckland, our area. I hate seeing South Auckland all the time. It makes it sound bad, but it's not. A lot of guys in our area, they go to the street and they do street shit. 
and they learn business that way. They become better businessmen than bricks that went to uni because they actually in it. They learn. They learn how to fail. It's, you know, they learn. They learn off their failure, and they work on the run. Now they're constantly working, running at the same time. You know, it's not like you just. Oh, I had enough, honey. Um, that's it for the day. Let's just close the laptop. And, and you, on the street, you're just constantly on the go. You, know, you learn more. I find that they learn more, and they're probably better businessmen than bloody, you know, all the textbook clowns. I probably shouldn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I don't know. I, might, I I probably have to agree with you, um, Dom. And so being street smart, some of our, our guys are, are quite street smart out there and learning how to do business. And it may not be probably in the right uh, way in terms of uh, society, but you're right, these, these, some of these men are quite street smart, quite savvy in terms of business. A lot of, our, a lot of, the, a lot of the usos and a lot of the, um, the tukos in, in, in prison who oh, are just, uh, just amazing, amazing um, skills, a skill set, but more so business-wise. And so... Why do you think that's the case in terms of if why our men are not kind of like entrepreneurial or doing business more so? But it seems like it's now a lot of our, our Pacific people are kind of getting into business. Um, so I think a lot of them step away from the norm, open their eyes, and just think, hey man, I can actually make a better life for this. I don't want to work in a factory, I don't want to have a supervisor. Some guys can't even get jobs, so they create a business. It depends on your mindset. However, your mindset. Yeah, mean, mean. But it's good to see all the Pacific people up there trying something new. Well, you got to remember, if you fail, you fail. It's good. It's awesome if you fail. You, know, you just get up and go again. It's one thing they didn't teach you in school. They didn't teach you to fail. They just teach you that's wrong. But it's not the only way you learn is if you fail. Yeah. So. Man, did you have, were there any teachers when you think back to your experience with education that helped sort of shape your perspective on life? Um, it might not necessarily be in school, it might have been from church, it might have been from the home. Just curious about um, some major influences or role models perhaps that helped teach you some really valuable life experience. I watched my older brothers when I grew up and they kind of taught us what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love my brothers but... So looking up at uh, looking at them growing up, you kind of think, "Oh fuck, oh, yeah, okay, I'm I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that." But they taught us a lot. But I don't think they realised they taught us a lot. You know, cause they're quite macho guys. Um, teachers, oh shit! The one thing I like about La Salle teachers is they they're not teachers. Like, they're like students. Like, they talk to you like they're a student. There's no real authority, so they kind of made us feel comfortable and they really know how to talk to us and a lot of them um, well Rungan uh, uh, Mr Lawton a guy called Trevor Lawton he used to tell us how he uh, used to run naked through the <laughs> South African <laughs> desert and they were living in these little shanty towns and how the tanks were coming through busting them down he would tell us that story he always told us that story hey look at this case do you think your life's hard here because you don't know shit I was like oh then he made us watch um, Cry Freedom and <laughs> we had to learn about Steve Beaker. And yeah, Steve Beaker. So we watched all that and we kind of learned what it was like for them. And we kind of learned, hey, shit, are we actually not that bad? Uh, we got no excuses. You know, 
not to learn or not to. I think we just bought into our own bullshit. Oh yeah, so yeah, Lord and I was good. Rangan, there was a guy called Rangan. Fuck, he was the man. I have a lot of respect for the fella. He was raw. Um, he hated the systems. Yeah. I think he hated white people. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> he had some really good conversations with him, but he was good. But same, he treated everyone with respect. He might not agree with any of this shit, but it was like, uh, yeah, I'm your friend. So you kind of learn with him. Yeah, Mr. Hey, um, hey, Dom. I know we talked about um, politics and a bit, a little bit about finances and and the system. And I don't think, oh, well, for those who don't know, because you you're leaguey, you're 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 league man. Um, and so, Mangere East Hawks. Uh, what do you like? Just tell us a little bit about your the, the league days and also the uh, in terms of our opposite food players out there who may be going through the system of of becoming pro, pro professional athletes in terms of rugby league. Oh, athletes now. Yeah, yeah. Just some of your thoughts. Um, they just need chances. They just need opportunities. Like when I was growing up, I, I, yeah, I was playing league. Uh, I was kind of okay. Um, but at the age of nineteen, I had to stop. I had to stop. My mum passed away when I was twelve, so I was only my dad. And uh, did I want to do this or did I have to go and work? So I decided to go work. So I worked in a factory and I was getting paid seven dollars an hour. And that's the life I chose. Just to have my old man and, you know, have my little brother. So yeah. So oh League, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of networking through League. All the boys way back then. We all get on really well. We all help each other out uh, today. And these are the guys from ninety five, ninety four, ninety three. Um uh, we all still get on now. Um in terms of the young ones, uh, I know Dila has got a, a first inning now, and a couple of the guys there, old Motu Tony and Louis, George Cumber, they're doing good things. So we all, old boys, we all try to chip in, get in, help them out. Purely just an opportunity, just to, just a gateway, like out of here, or somewhere. It's just, just an opportunity for these young ones. Like there's, there's always opportunities somewhere, you just, someone just needs to go, okay, just go that way. You know, and, if that's what we can provide, that's what we, just, what we will provide. You don't need a million dollars, you don't need huge backing, or you don't need anything special. You just need someone to go that way. Yeah. yeah. Man, you sort of touched on the importance of um, network, expanding your, your sort of network, uh, your social network. And, uh, and I suppose social networks now are... Uh, uh, They've sort of taken on a world of their own. Um, what are your thoughts on the role of um, social media affecting the way people socialise and perhaps expand their networks today? Oh, networking, I think networking is good, marketing is good. But in terms of people one-on-one, I think we've lost uh, how we communicate with each other. Like, I always say um, to my daughter and, and my nephew and shit, I say, you know, you know I can send a text, but you don't know the tone. The tone of the text, you know, it was like, hey, shut up. Hey, shut up. But you don't know the tone. So people don't know how to um, how to have confrontation or how to deal with things like face-to-face. Like if I say something, you don't like it. You, you come back at me and I'll like, oh, yeah. so come back and then, and then we result, you know, it gets all sorted, you know. Facebook uh, or whatever social media, you say something and someone says something back and then someone goes and screenshots all these photos and make a big mess of fucking mosaic about you. And 
And then it's all on, you know. But it's not like this, like, you know, it's not one-on-one, yeah. on one, it's just... I don't like it. In terms of one-on-one or people skills, that's, that's not good. And there's some interesting themes there about um, being able to have a confrontation with someone and being able to work out your differences. Um, and you sort of mentioned things like failure and it's sort of confronting all these uncomfortable situations. Uh, they can be quite beneficial for people. And sometimes we need that. Um, but the way that we kind of operate now is we sort of aim to avoid any confrontation, any uncomfortable scenario. And so sometimes it means that we don't reap the benefits of having to work out our differences with someone. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Mm. And, and I imagine that that sort of helps play a role in terms of, you know, you being able to um, succeed as a businessman and, and sort of create and run your business? Oh, I don't know about being successful at business. Like, I think it's just, I don't even know how to explain it, to be honest. Like it's just a, it's just a people thing. Like learning to deal with shit. Like back in the nineties, we dealt with shit. I was like, "Hey, what do you say about my mum?" No, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, shake hands. We didn't have a thousand people get. He said, he said, she said. It was done with sort of friends, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think. I think business is just a different beast on its own. Like you almost got to become somebody that you're not, you know, you know, just to get your foot in. And once you're foot in, then you're yourself. You know, you're walking out, get a Barry, just want to come and say some rags, mate. I fucking talk like that, you know. <laughs> but then we, we talk, like, he goes, oh, yeah, okay, can I, you know, what's, what's your prices? Oh, here's the price, mate. Yeah. Send me an email. Yeah, okay, sweet. And you work out, fuck. Fuck, that was annoying. <laughs> Barry was <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck, I hate talking like that. Fuck. I just want to walk and say, Tony, you want to buy some Rex? <laughs> or something, you know. But once you, once you make the connection in there, you're fine after that. And you walk and go, hey, Barry, hey, yeah, good, yeah, okay. But at the get-go, it's, you've got to be somebody, somebody you're not, you know, almost, you know. Like you, you, you want to be a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you first walk into a class, you'll your first connection with the kids will be like, hi, this is uh, Mr. whatever. <laughs> you know, you've got to be like well, a generic teacher. I mean, it's not until yourself they actually, they love you, you know, and you're just you. That's a very good point. That's exactly how it is when you first walk in, especially because we're sort of supervised, so we're working under a, an actual teacher who runs that class. And so you're trying not to step on any toes, you're trying to, sort of fall in line with whatever the teacher wants but really there's stuff you you know you just want to be yourself you really want to connect with the kids but you kind of have to play it at the pace of the person who's running the, sh- the show yeah, which is frustrating sometimes yeah, because you sucks. feel like your hands are tied you know you don't have a voice all that sort of stuff it's like being in a church <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean <laughs> you're restricted you're restricted eh? you can't say things you can't yeah, yeah. you can't yeah, be yourself yeah. like yeah. Yeah, I can't say too much. Too many people get upset at the few things I say, but you know, those are just my but this is how my head works. Like how my head works is just how my head works and how your head works is how your head works and you know. And I tell you how my head works and you go, Oh fuck, you're an idiot. Yeah, you talk too much shit, and, you know, why you say these things? Why can you be against So bro, that's just my head that's you know. I didn't come into your head, yeah. but yeah. 
Sorry, bro. I just ramble on about it. No, no, that's no, good. No, I, no, love no. I love that you can speak so um, openly about it. I, I kind of tend to, because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of raised to like, don't disturb, you know, don't make waves or that sort of stuff. So if I want to express an opinion, so I'll often make a joke about it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I'm just joking. But really, that, that's actually what I think. But Well, they always say, well, there's always truth to a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how do you, how do you, how do you combat uh, that um, some of the negativity, um, Dom? Do you just like, oh, who cares, stuff it, I don't care? I get a lot of shit about, um, when I say things about religion, like it's just religion, like religion's a system. So I just say shit about that, but at the same time, I, I acknowledge that um, God plays a massive part in Samo, our own, and a lot of people, that's their life, they respect it, and I respect it too, like I respect you as a person for respecting that, you know, I have nothing against people, but uh, I was watching this Jamaican guy, uh, I'm just going to go around here, <laughs> I was watching this Jamaican guy, and he, um, he was talking about how belief as a doubt. I don't know if you understand it, but... As a doubt, you <laughs> like It believes... Uh, believes a doubt, like... Um, you can only believe in something you don't know. Mm. You know? Mm. So, like, like, do you believe your appearance? I know I have parents. You know your appearance. Because yeah. you, know, you see your parents. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you say, so you believe in Jesus? Yeah, but what? I believe in Jesus. I have faith in him, but I've never, I've never. Well, met you don't him. know I've Jesus. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's just believe as a doubt. So that's something that yeah. I throw back at people when they start attacking me hundred percent. Oh, like, <laughs> you know, just what you believe in and what you know. Like some people actually don't even know the difference. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. No, no, that's, that's good. That's good. I like that you um, challenge the status quo, um, Dom. I think that's that's why it's so interesting because I think, I think we personally, I think a lot of men would love to be like you in terms of just seeing what's on their mind and not being afraid to the backlash and all the all the, the negativity that comes along. But I think, you know, I don't know, what do you, what do you reckon, Jay? That sometimes, and I think you share like, oh man, I just, you know, we learn to be respectful and all that kind of stuff. But also there's, there's things, that, and you're saying, oh, I'm such a, but I'm just joking. But really, it's like, I really <laughs> want to say this, but I can't say it because if I say it, then they're going to get like, you're going to get shut down. It's the most frustrating thing to feel like you don't have, like to have a voice that only exists in your mind because, yeah, you just feel like you're trapped and there's no place for your voice outside of your own head kind of thing. That's sad. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it is. How does it make you feel? Good. Like, you feel like shit. Like, you feel like you're nothing. Like, I hate mm. it. Okay, I'll just kind of <laughs> go, I just thought I'm going to be told now. Uh, but that's not how you should be like you know, you it happens a lot of resentment honestly yeah. yeah but it's sort of misplaced like I don't know where to aim that resentment whether I'm aiming at I'm looking for something to blame so I can aim target my resentment towards that thing but I, often without a target it sort of ends up being reflected back at myself I get frustrated that I can't say it and then yeah oh, man, I, I wouldn't blame anything really mm. I'd be more like um, oh fuck okay sweet What's, what's something better I can do? Like, take my mind off this shit, this bullshit. You're never going to fix it, right? You're never going to turn around and go, you know, fuck you, stop. I'm not going to do what you say anymore. You can't do that. So you just got to turn it around and and just create something, like something positive, like trying to go back on it and try and fix it or try and find an excuse is a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And there's no, 
there's nothing to it. It's a waste of time. Like I, I always tell people, you know, like, who cares what happens? Just fucking move forward, do something. Like, who cares? This takes me back to where people always say, oh, how did you get to this point? Who cares? Let's just fucking work on it from now and let's see what happens tomorrow. I don't care how it happens. You know? Oh, that's just my attitude. Like, that's, that's me. I tell people, who cares? I don't care. So many people dwell on the bullshit. Like, they keep it <laughs> rent free in the head. Like, Fuck, why did he tell me for? Why did he, why did he look at my muscles like that? <laughs> did he touch it? <laughs> but the uh, main question is, uh, did you like it? Or, you know, it's like, oh. <laughs> like you, you look at everything as a big picture. Like, some people just get angry because of one thing. But if you step back and find the picture, because, oh, is that why he did it? Okay, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's just, I always try to tell people, you know, just step back, look at the big picture of what happened. You know, how can we fix it from now? Okay, it happens so what? Let's just fix it. You can't change anything. You can't go back in time. Mm. If you had a time machine, you'd be a billionaire and I want to be on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the process, Dom? Because it, obviously you're on Facebook and you, you type those, those controversial... Um, phrases or sentences and then you people kind of backlash and people kind of get on your case but what's the what, what goes through your mind when you when you're typing it it's like i don't care it's just yeah. i don't care i'm just so gonna do it once i typed it that's it i quite read that i replied to anyone that anyone just goes oh blah, 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 shit. i'll just write another one <laughs> so they get so pissed off because they see another comic uh, another post up so i said hey, this guy didn't reply to me <laughs> I, just, I don't care like I, i'm not there to fight anyone my whole point is not to argue like, that's what I always try to tell people on Facebook. I'm not there to fight anybody or try and say, this is what it's supposed to be. It's like, if you've got a problem with it, just write it. Sweet. Everyone can see it. Cool. But am I going to reply? Probably not. <laughs> so I don't care. But when I see you in public, you're not going to ask me about their post. Because how you been? <laughs> you know, you want, want to feed? You know, well, everything's different. When you, that's what I mean, like, face to face. It's different, like, when they come to you, they don't go, that thing you wrote about the Prime Minister, that's wrong. They go, Sidney, how you been? Oh, that's your daughter. That's your wife. Whoa, that's your dad. I'm thinking, fuck, didn't you just get smart to me on the thing? <laughs> but I just go, oh, yeah, sweet, man. Yeah, you're good. You yeah, just go for a feed. Because Facebook's Facebook. It's just it's something in my head that I, I thought of. I put it out there. They don't like it. They don't like it. Man. And that's a pity me, um, Dom, because you, you know, people say we agree to disagree. But still, they still hold it against you. Like, oh, yeah, I agree or disagree, but still, like, they're kind of, ah, bloody <laughs> thick head, all that kind of stuff. But you, and you're just saying it. You say, hey, you disagree online. When you see each other, hey, what's up, boss? Yeah. And, you, and it's just back to normal. I buy into the law of attraction. I buy into it. Like, there's no, there's no wrong answer in the law of attraction. Uh, well, explain it. Cause, cause oh. some, yeah, explain it, because some people are like, what the heck is, what is that, what's so that law all about? Oh, to me, law of attraction is um, when you think things, um, you think out loud and... You draw people in and you all think the same and you all grow. But also it's between you and the universe. Some people say it's between me and God. I say it's me and the universe. Same thing. There's no wrong. When you throw ideas out there to God or the universe, depending on where you are, whatever comes back is it's not wrong. Like there's no wrong. It's, it just throws ideas at you on how you grow and how you move forward from there. Like, okay, sweet. I'm thinking of this. Right, cool. This has just come back to me. I'll hit that direction. And then somebody's there. Or that you're there. And this to say, let's say I want to buy a car. And then you say, how you been? Hey, yeah, good. What are you up to? Oh, yeah. What are you doing now? And you tell me you, 
you got a little side flipper selling cars. That's law of attraction. You know, oh shit, city. Hey, and then it just grows and grows and grows and grows. I believe in it because there's no wrong in it, and there's um, there's real no negative to it. Like, if you want it to work, you'll make it work. The only reason when a negativity comes in is when you start making excuses. On oh, how can I blame this guy for my bullshit? You know, and then. That creates bullshit in your own head. Next thing you know, you're two steps back, you know. So that's, to me, that's, that's, that's cool, that's cool, that's yeah. That's awesome. I think everybody should just be positive. Like, yeah, know. yeah, no, I agree. But do you think that a lot of us, we just, as men, we just kind of still, just, we're stuck and we just dwell on the negativity for too long? I think you mentioned that a little bit earlier, that we just, we dwell on it, and we just dwell on it and just, you know, rent-free in our heads. Yeah. You know, and just... It just plays in your head, like... But that's you. That's that's you. That's doing it. No one else is there. Going, hey, did he remember that time? In there? <laughs> that's you. You're sitting there going, "Fuck, that actually happened." You know, and it just plays in your head. Some people just me. I don't give a shit. Like, oh fuck. Oh, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. That's my fuck up. So I go and I'll be accountable. Hey, look, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Some people don't like to say sorry. Some people don't like to accept that they fucked up. You know, they're like. Nah, it's your fault. Because if you just picked me up five minutes earlier, we wouldn't have had that. You know, that kind of bullshit. <laughs> you know, he's always an excuse. Everyone's got excuses for everything. You know, it's, it's always the blame game. Everyone's blaming someone. No one's accountable for anything. See some people on Facebook, they're throwing things up. Oh, this guy ripped me off. And I said, bro, you just didn't read the contract properly. You know, the small print. you got to bring back a full tank of gas, not half. You know, that's why you didn't get the extra 50 bucks or you know, some shit, you know. <laughs> And speaking of um, people commenting online, do you think people should be more, what was I going to say, they should be more considerate of what they say online? Like, unless you're willing to say it in person, you shouldn't say it online? Or do you think online, it's okay to say stuff online that maybe you won't say in person? No, I think if you say it online, you say it in person. Hmm. um, Otherwise you're living two bullshit lives. And then you get confused on who you are. You forget what colour you are. <laughs> <laughs> but has there ever been an incident, um, Dom? Like someone said some crap online to you and you meet up with them, like some random person, and they see you, oh. Has there ever been an incident where they, you've seen that person face to face and then and they bring the same energy, the same energy they were online with and they kind of see you face to face? Or is it like, oh? No, 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 never seen it. Yeah, well. Yeah. I had people block me and stuff and... Tell me they love me and everything, but just I just can't read the shit that you're writing. Oh, well, that's fair enough, you know. I was like, yeah, cool, sweet, yeah. But other than that, no. Nah. That's what I mean. Like people just people should just be honest with themselves and just speak their minds. Like be respectful in front of your parents, you know, hundred percent, and have respect around certain things. But some things you just got to put a voice. You just got to say something. Oh, you just treat like shit all the time. Sheiks. And it's sad. It, it, it does sound sad because I think there may be the case for a lot of our men. And I'm speaking for myself personally as well. There's sometimes, like, and like Jay, you were saying, Jay, I feel that way sometimes. You want to say things like, oh, I can't really say this because I know what's going to happen. But you real, you feel like, and then when the opportunity is gone, like, oh, I should have just said it anyway because then you kind of regret, oh, I just, just play said. <laughs> 
And so you feel like, and you're right, you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not being honest to myself, I'm not being authentic to these people, and I'm just kind of yeah. playing the, oh, hey, nice guy. Oh, it's just, and so do you think this, um, for a lot of our Pacific men and Modi men, do we kind of play that kind of card sometimes? What, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, a couple of things come to mind immediately, um, as you were saying that. Um, obviously, as a as a teacher, there's expectations. So on the, on the professional route, the real harsh on you know your online presence they really sift through everything your online profile and you say anything controversial that could be the end of your so there's a little bit of pressure there where it's like you kind of have to play ball which is it it frustrates me not that yeah i don't think i've ever said anything controversial online but just having that pressure there in the back of my mind is annoying um but i think on the flip side of that i've just in terms of trying to be more authentic I've just sort of turned those insecurities or those things about myself that I know I'm probably not going to change, like leveraged it. So then now I just, I limit who I am in contact with because keeping friendships is exhausting. And I know that's something back in the day, it was all about how many friends do you have? (laughs) And now it's more like, I just actually, I'm happy with just me and my family, a close inner circle and that's it. So I'm trying to find ways to leverage those unique things about myself to define my new norm or way of life. Cool perspective. If that makes sense. That's cool. I think you should try it. I think you should go on some platform and write some out of it bullshit. (laughs) And watch how... Just make it up. Just make it up. Just just watch how your mates respond and you think, (laughs) fuck, I don't know you thought of of me like that. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, just do something like... Some people, they just show the true colours. And you think, okay, sweet. You're all about the pronouns. Okay, sweet. I'll take that. Man, how important is that? Finding the true colours of your friends or people that you thought you knew and then they reveal something you're like, whoa, man, I'm cool. it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Because they sit on your friends list for like fucking 10 years, you know. And like, like, and every now and then, oh, happy birthdays on your birthday. And then Americas, Americas. And then you write something like Pacific Island MPs are all full of shit. And then next thing you know, you should be supporting. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, well, I was just joking, but okay. <laughs> but you find out who certain people are. I face, but I, I don't. I don't give them shit. I don't like uh, go hard out on them. I'm just saying, oh yeah, go sweet. All right. I remember one time I was swearing on Facebook and um, someone messaged me, probably messaged me, and said, uh, "Your dad would not like reading this stuff." I said, "That's why my dad's not on Facebook." <laughs> <laughs> but a little shit like that like yeah, I'm sitting down again fucking like 40 years old and someone's telling me I shouldn't be swearing like get a grip man like fuck if you can't be yourself then they tell me they're telling me how I should be or how I should act like I'm thinking fuck and then I think I've only seen you three times in the last 15 years <laughs> I'm sorry so did, did, did you reply back to that person or did you just, ah, just let it go, man? Oh, I said, oh, that's not on Facebook. <laughs> and then I saw the um, the picture disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Profile picture. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, man. But, like, most of the stuff I'm saying, like, this is how I think. This is my my head. Uh, I'm not trying to preach anything or force anything down anybody's throat. Um, people give me shit. People will probably message and say, "Fuck what a dick!" That's how my head works. Like, 
Are you going to argue with my head? No. You know, I'm, saying, no. I'm not going to reply. <laughs> oh, man, I love the way you, th- how you think, um, Dom, because, you know, sometimes we, you know, some men, a lot of men, or a few men might be good, man, just as hard, I just want to say these things, and it's just all in my head, and I can't really say it, I can't voice my opinions. And, and and if I do voice my opinion, I have to be quite PC and kind of oh, mm-hmm. but you just man, you just like just roll with the punches. You, just, you don't give a crap. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like if you don't accept me for who I am, then we're probably not even supposed to be friends in the start. Because I don't like anybody. I, I hate no one. I, I got no issues with no one. Like people got issues with me because of what I say, which is really stupid. And um, like I said before, these guys that I we used to go steal their three guys together. And they don't like me now because of what I said about the Prime Minister and giving KFC up and that kind of shit for the vaccines, that kind of stuff, like, which I thought was absolute bullshit. And <laughs> <laughs> that pissed me off because for years they go, oh, you know, you know, I'm obese. They always go, you know, with obesity and now and now people marry, you know, Maori and Pacific uh, diabetes. You know, we need to fight this. You know, let's all do it together. And then to get a vaccine across, they go, oh, look, we've got KFC packs here, and they come in, we forgot about diabetes and obesity. It's, <laughs> it's like, fuck, what are you doing? Like, you're a Muppet, you know, you're a Muppet. You, you know these things are wrong, but because somebody told you, hey, you just go in there and just get as much people vaccine as possible. Oh, but KFC, we're trying to fight diabetes, and that's our looking. Get the numbers up. <laughs> So the vouchers go out and the KFC lunch packs are there and they're suddenly ah, fucking idiots. Yeah, they're stupid. So you, I can imagine you got a lot of flack. Did you write something on, online? Yeah, I write, I write all the time. I couldn't give a shit. I even did it on Instagram and Twitter. Like, and some of those people that were doing it were actually my friends. Like We grew up together out these ways. And, um, but I just thought it was stupid. It was just... They just contradicted everything they've done in the past for the fucking one moment, for that one fucking stupid moment. And that was almost a little carrot that they tried to dangle in front of us for freedom. Once you get this done, that's it, we're back to normal. Oh, bullshit. Now we'll go, oh, we need a booster. Oh, you got there's another boost. See, well, hold on, you just told us that two vaccines was enough? No, nah, that's not. Oh, okay, so we get more KFC? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine all the money spent, all that money spent on um, all that shit and also putting up all these tents and all this marketing bullshit. And I know it's for a cause, I know some people, oh, there's a guy telling me, we're talking about the Spanish flu. You know, he's talking to me and he said to me, um, if we had these vaccines back then, you know, it would have been good. It's like, <laughs> it's like a 1912 or some shit, but it killed a lot of our people. Yeah. And I understand that and but I don't think, uh, you know, they were using that. But I just thought, bullshit, you're just talking shit. I don't even know why they try to bring up that shit for anyone. Man, Dom, just, it's just been enlightening um, tonight. Was, any um, comments, um, Jay? Yeah, I was actually curious about just hearing the journey and the way your mind works, which is so liberating to hear, by the way. Um, but I was curious about your thoughts on, like, how important has it been that you've been able to provide for yourself through business and that sort of helps free you to speak your mind compared to 
people like myself who are going to go into an industry where you're being monitored on what you say. Like, how much of an influence has owning your own business had on you being able to be yourself and speak freely? It was um, it's been quite good because I'm, so I'm not controlled by anyone. Like, nobody owns me. Like, I do my own thing. Yeah, I talk shit. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I don't talk shit. I, I say things. Um, <laughs> and people get, <laughs> people get upset at it, but yeah, it doesn't stop me from doing what I'm doing. I'm still feeding my family. I'm still doing what everyone else does. I still got to make sure the kids got the uniforms, their lunches, the power, the fucking Wi-Fi, gas, and all that shit. It's a struggle that we all go through, and how we all go through it is just how we all go through it, you know. I'm just lucky I can say stuff, um, but I don't go overboard. Like, I know my limits, and I say, oh, yeah, man, that's enough, that's enough for now. Because these people on my Facebook who are a lot older, and I look up to them, um, uh, parents of my friends, and they've always been good. They, uh, they don't judge me on what I say. They just remember me as the boy. You know, they say, oh, you're still our son. You know, they... We love you and stuff. You know, they didn't judge me. And I love that, you know, because that's what I'm about. Like, I give a fuck how you think or, you know, if you think that a serial rapist is your hero and your mental, good on you. It's probably not good, but if that's what makes you happy, then that's what makes you happy. I'm not going to come and go, hey, you son of a, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, got a lot of parents on there. Um, sometimes they don't write anything, but they just probably message you guys, you're so right. Like, huh? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. <laughs> but because uh, I respect them, you know, like, um, and I don't, sometimes I write stuff, man. I always think to myself before I write it, so fuck, I get his parents on here. Oh, I'm just going to be me. They accept me, you know, R- regardless of what I write. Yeah, they know I'm still the same. So I'll just write it. And nine times out of ten, they just support it. They didn't really give me grief or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Man, how. How important is it? And I can tell that you, have, you know, you mentioned a couple of times now having respect for some of your elders and things like that, and family members. Like, how important is it to you to keep that respect, but still sort of balance being able to be yourself? I just keep the balance. Mm. Uh, my dad always taught me uh, mind, body, and soul. The three main things there. You have a balance in there. You should be okay. Um, the body uh, probably wasn't not really balanced on that side, but. <laughs> The mind and soul, I think I, I got it down pick. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Maro love also. Maro love man. I'm Dom. Uh, I think, and, and one of our good mates, one of our real good mates, he said this about you. He said oh. that you are, and you know who, you know, you know the doko. Um, <laughs> and he said that you are your own man. And he's spot on. You are, man. He said, Dom, Dom's his own man. Yeah. He says, you know, regardless of if you, if you go against the grain and everyone is against you, you are your own man. And also, I think one of the highlights for tonight is that regardless of what you say, you still are peaceable, you're still respectful. Yeah. You don't go on a, a rant, oh, I'll find this person. And you know, some, you know sometimes AJ and, and Dom, that you know, people post something and then someone comes online and starts saying, oh, and then they have to reply back and go back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And I've never seen you do that on your post. You don't go back, oh, you mean you're bloody, you're dickhead, whatever. But you just say, hey, and you still respect them because you said, I'm not going to. I'm not going to impose my opinions on you, and but I love the fact that you just stand on your convictions. And you say, "Hey, this is what I think. This is where I stand. Like it or like it or, or hate it or love it, but you are. You are Dom. You are your own man. Also. And so, man, thank you so much for for your time, also, and and for being honest and authentic. Also, appreciate it. Also. 
Honesty will always get you in trouble. <laughs> you make honest. I'll show you, you'll make more enemies being honest. Yeah. That's the cold truth. Like people don't like to see honesty. It's a it's a thing that we have in 2022 now. It's a sad truth. If you're honest, you're you're a wanker. You know, you're wrong. You're bad. Yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, I mean, if we all told a if we all told lies, it'd be boring world. <laughs> <laughs> Any, any comments on uh, Jay? Um, just with, uh, yeah, just to extend on what you were mentioning about being honest. I just wanted to add, I feel like people today, they say they like honesty, but they're looking for a specific brand of honesty. They want honesty packaged in yeah. the way they want to receive it. Not any of these other ways, but they just want it this one way. Um, so yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So just wanted to say, yeah, thank you so much for sharing some of your insight. I kind of love that, the way your mind works. I feel like everyone has their own unique brand of chaos in the head. Like it just, our minds work also differently. So it's cool to just see you bring up stuff um, freely and yeah, it's awesome. Um, I, I probably only had one last question. Um, <laughs> it was mainly just about your father. You mentioned your father having to work and provide for you guys after your mum had passed. Yeah. Um, but I was just curious about their relationship with your father because obviously solo parenting is hard. Um, but how was that relationship with your father during those hard times and how has it sort of developed over time? So I go back to when I say women are the glue to every family. Like, mums are so important. So growing up, I was at the top, but my mum took care of everything. She paid the mortgage, she paid all the bills, she fed us and everything. You know, We had eight kids, eight kids in our house, and we had a three-bedroom house, and she did everything. When she passed away, we were all lost because we didn't even know what power company we were with or what the telephone account was. Like we knew nothing. Nobody knew anything. So my dad did a, so he did a really awesome job. Like He did everything in his power that he thought was right you know, at the time. And you know, us looking back now, we're like, oh, we could have done things different, but no one gives a shit because he did what was right at the time. You, know, you can't go back and go, you should have did this one. He did everything he can. He's um, my dad's a very religious man. Like he's a he's a Catholic man through and through. Like you you couldn't question anything because he'll come down ten times as, as hard, you know. So we um, say so he was a uh, so he was a good man. He um, all my memory of dad, uh, he just worked hard every day. Just jumped on his ten speed. We did a meat works, back and forth, back and forth. Just money here, money here, money. Here. Everything was getting done, and he did his job. And he um, he did a lot for a lot of people um, around our area in Mangri, uh, in regards with church in St. Therese Parish. Um, he did a lot of stuff there growing up. Most of his time was at the church. Yeah. But I know people go, people that know me, or know my family, will think, how does this guy talk like this? I mean, he grew up in a you know, strict Catholic family. So, <clears throat> um, that's just how we are. Like we, uh, me and my siblings, we all we all the same, but we think different. We're all different people. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. It does. Just, just, just very quickly, Tom. Because when, when, when was it that time, that defining moment when you said, "Hey, you know, staunch Catholic, but." 
the defining moment where he's like, no, nah, I don't really, I'm not going to take this on board anymore, the religion and, and the culture. What, what made you sway that way? Uh, I had a guy trying to teach me how business works. I couldn't understand it. And he said to me, <laughs> this is an old school kind of guy. He works everything on his head. He doesn't like emails or anything technical. He said to me, um, oh, you get too much into that Samoan shit. This is him talking, like he, he's a straight up guy. Like he meant no disrespect. The guy had a heart of gold, he was helping everybody. He said, you get in too much in that, um, like, oh, you get too much in that island stuff. You know, the only times you guys know when to make money is when there's a funeral or wedding. That's the only time your business brain kicks in. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you guys find 80 grand just like that. 20 grand, just like that, out of funeral. He says, but you got to put that into your life. But you got to get rid of that. Just, he said, don't get rid of it forever. He said, get rid of it for now to understand. And then he said to me, to get into a, if you want to play in a white man's world, you got to play by the white man's rules. And they didn't give a shit about the funerals. They didn't give a shit about the church. They just have one thing in mind, and it's grow something, be successful, and provide at first, I um, I was totally against it. You know, I said, like, "Fuck, crazy! Look at Dad's gonna beat the shit out of me." Um, but as time went on, I spent more time, more time, and then I thought, "Okay, sweet, I'll, I'll, I'll try it." And I tried it, and I learned so much. I, I learned how systems work. I learned how um, governments work. I learned how the taxes work, the IRD, and the banks, how the banks work. And then I learned how people's place in the world works. You know, our area, why we were factory workers, because we're supposed to be factory workers. Because that's how the next people on top get richer, you know. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to learn this. So I did it. And as fuck, it's a lonely world when you step away from everything. Because you step away from everything, you step away from everything. Right? You don't even try to engage or, you know, people start talking to you and you're like, ah, I don't care about that. And then they like, what if you're a white guy? I said, no, I'm actually trying to learn how to learn something that's going to provide, you know, for my family. But a lot of people don't understand it. I don't understand it, so I had to put myself in it. So I learned it, and and I'm happy with it, because that's why I am like, well, that's why I am like I am now. Like, I just say things, I don't care. Before, I, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. But this guy told me, just be yourself. And this guy swore all the time. I said, why do you swear so much? So, people who swear are quite honest. I say, huh? If you go with a mindset that you, you're going to try not to swear, or you're not yourself, because you're already you're worrying about them. You know, you've, you've really stopped doing something that you do normally. And I thought, oh, true, way. So I took that on board. You know? So whenever I go places, I swear. like Not to be like him, because I swear because that's just who I am. And if you get offended me swearing, I go, oh, fuck, see, I'm sorry, man. I'm out of here because you know, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to care about your feelings. <laughs> you know, that was stupid words. You know, it's just stupid words. So I learned that and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I kind of half enjoyed it at first and then I enjoyed it later and then I understood that um, I've always been voting for the wrong party. <laughs> 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 and then I just realised that uh, actually what these parties are all about, you know, and, and why they, uh, and 
when they become government and why they do become government. And then somewhere along the line, somebody told me that, I think I mentioned to you before, governments are not actually there for the people. They're not there, they don't give a shit about people. They're just there to make sure that the, the banks and the corporations are running around every country. That's why if you look at any country that didn't play ball with the, with the banks they go in and make up some bullshit and go and invade the country, like um, Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein wanted to use the euro, not the USD. So they made up some bullshit and went in and you know, weapons of mass destruction wasn't there. But they put in their own government and they started going back to the USD. And Gaddafi wanted to use the African gold. You know, They didn't believe in the USD. Like, if you know money, you'll know how the reasons why the USD must always remain so powerful and the trading dollar. And if you look at Russia and Ukraine at the moment, hold on, I'm trying to think of what the backlash is going to come. Okay, here it is. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so you look at all the... Uh, so my theory on this is, uh, I think I was telling you before, Russia has a um, pipeline. It's called the Nord 2 pipeline. And they can get gas straight to Germany and the whole of that side of Europe. He's thinking of using the euro because there's no point in using the USD if they're just going to you know, buy and sell with each other. But the problem with that is that the euro dollar will now go like this. They'll become the superpower. The USD becomes nothing. Everybody in America that um, has a USD becomes worth shit and their country will go right down. But until you understand uh, the money and dollars and how it works here, you see why America does everything in its power to make sure the USD stays up there. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but <laughs> it's a bit of fun at the same time, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you learn these things like once you learn it, you learn how mortgages work, and you learn how um, all the bullshit happens with housing and interest rates and inflation. You see that, and you go, oh, fuck yeah, fuck okay. You know, you understand it. Our people don't understand it. They're looking at us out, don't worry. What have we got to pay this week? Oh, yeah, okay, sweet. We just pay, we just make sure we pay. Make sure you work overtime. That's our mentality. Yeah. We just got to get it paid. We don't question why. We just go, oh, sweet. How much? Okay, sweet. Shit. You know, gonna have a uh, fair lingy all week. <laughs> Noodles and, and rice. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's our problem is we don't question things. Like, why am I paying this much? Like, it's a whole fucked up world out there, man. Just depends on how you look at it. Like I look at it differently. You look at it different. You different. We probably don't agree. You're probably thinking, this guy's talking so much shit right now. But that's just how we are, you know. Bro, that's our case. Um, that's, that's, that's so cool, um, Dom. Also, um, we're conscious of time. Also, and um, just want to thank you. Thank you also for, for your time once again, um, Dom. Yeah. Um, and I love the faith. And you said it before. And you're a testament of someone who's, okay, I'm going to think about it, question it, but not just question it and have this knowledge, but you actually tested it, like you were just saying, oh, is that man taking the truth? Is he, is, and you tested it, oh, man, it's true for me. And so regardless of, and you probably, and, and I guarantee you're going to get some backlash, we're going to get some people like, ah, it was, it was all this rubbish, but hey, the thing is, you don't care, you don't give a, you don't give a damn. No, I, yeah, I don't care, but the backlash I get, you know, sweet. I've got nothing against you, that's just how my head works. Uh, if you believe that it's wrong then and you're right, then you probably are right. But my fight's not with you. My fight's never with people or anyone. My fight's with the system and the bullshit that we have to go through. I think that's where my fight is. 
I think for so long the systems and all that try and make us fight against each other. And that's that's what they want us to do. I mean, that's why they put goddamn liquor stores and shit in every corner so we can get drunk and kill each other, you know, or fight each other or do stupid shit, you know, and then throw it up on the news and we look bad. But yeah, so any hate that comes my way, sweet, you know, you're probably right. I've got nothing against you, but that's life and, you know, God still loves us all. Hey, that's cool, and Tom, and also, I think one of the main things that I is question for us men, just question, just question, ask those questions. Hey, is it true what Dom's saying? If not, all good. But hey, we can agree to disagree, but still be brothers at the end of the day. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, man. So, I love also, Jay. Any any last words, or you want to add, or? Um, no, nothing that's already been said. Just, just really grateful for the wisdom and. Hearing some thoughts that have, have been sort of dormant in my head, it's just awesome to hear someone else um, speak it openly. Um, so it's yeah, really reassuring, and I'm really excited to take some of the things you've said and, and really find my own truth. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love also. Also, hey, this is for you. Uh, every guest that comes on, we always give them a sketch, a caricature. And so, um, Dom, uh, thank you so much for your boldness and for you speaking your truth. Appreciate also. This is on behalf of the Mandate team. It's for you. <laughs> Sweet. No, thank you for that. Appreciate Bro, it. Thanks for listening to me. And oh, man. Well, any last words? Any last words of encouragement for the for the men and the, the listeners? Um, just be yourself. Like, just be honest with yourself. And if you can do that, you can do anything, really. Nice. Dom, is anyone that you can think of that would be ideal to come on the, the podcast? Any... Um. <laughs> Malcolm yeah, Joseph Thompson or Malcolm yeah. well, If you can get inside of those guys That'd be bloody awesome um, Nah, Jake's sorry um, Shit, I don't know to be honest um, I think Jeff Furry Jeff? Yeah, I think um, people need to hear the uh, Financial side of life And the things that they don't teach us I think, yeah Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, no. Jeff, that's, that's you. Um, but thank you once again also. Hey, um, guys, please like and subscribe. And please um, comment. Obviously, we're going to see, <laughs> we're going to hear a lot of comments. <laughs> but uh, but thank you so much for tonight again, once again also. And so with our mantra, once again, Jay. Our mantra is refined. Unlock. And take, take charge. charge. Mandate.